there's no flights until Christmas Eve, so it's like three days of waiting. Very happy we're leaving before all that chaos. Travel turmoil right at the height of the holidays. A cross-country crunch putting plans in peril. And the storm system setting its sights on those of us here in the GTA. Good evening. Let's face it, the timing couldn't be worse. Getting from A to B, well, we'll see. Whether by plane, train, or automobile, it's shaping up to be a festive feat. And the nightmare before Christmas has already started for some. This is the situation out west. Extreme cold and heavy snow taking a toll. The airport in Vancouver virtually shut down. Fatigue and frustration running rampant. And southern Ontario is about to get a taste. Challenging conditions are just set to show up just in time for the weekend when so many of us are planning to be on the move. We'll get to that frosty forecast in just a moment. But first, to those looking to get out. Let's begin our coverage with CTV's John Musselman live at Pearson tonight. John. Well, Michelle, the people who are getting out today are expressing relief that they're getting ahead of this storm. But still, we have a lot of people from the West Coast, Vancouver, who've been stranded here the last day and a half, and they're still trying to get home. It has been a long night and a long day for some frustrated travelers at Terminal 1. Desperate for rest, stranded passengers are finding any spot they can to get some much-needed sleep. Others are lining up to rebook to Vancouver after their departing flights got canceled yesterday because of a snowstorm out west. Carla Knight is one of them. We may have another night here. Uh, we will have to call our my brother-in-law again and uh, hopefully that we can get out the next day. It was supposed to be a quick trip, but we're trying to get home for Christmas, and WestJet said we can't fly out till the 25th, so we're trying another route. Passengers tell us they are taking multiple flights to multiple airports just to make it home to Vancouver for Christmas. So I'm going from Toronto back into Quebec, but I'm going to Montreal this time, and then from Montreal to Winnipeg, a six-hour layover there, and then Winnipeg to Vancouver. So I land tomorrow morning. The snow had a major impact on flight operations in Vancouver. At one point, all departing flights were cancelled. This man is trying to get to Calgary. It's not snow, but freezing temperatures that has delayed his return. I guess it's uh, because of de-icing issues in Calgary, we couldn't make it uh, home. Air Canada says check your flight status. A flexible change policy is in place. It also posted this message on social media. Quote, we appreciate our passengers' understanding and thank our teams for their dedication as we continue to work with YVR and stakeholders to get flights moving and customers on their way. Meanwhile, Pearson is gearing up for massive crowds as we head into the holidays. The airport is also preparing for a major weather system that could impact operations starting Friday right through the weekend. It's important that everyone knows it's all interconnected and there can be some trickle effects happening when there's weather throughout the country. Many travelers are expressing relief that they're getting out today. Super grateful. My sister flew in from Vancouver yesterday. She said there was a big snowstorm, so she was on one of the only not-canceled flights. So very happy we're leaving before all that chaos. 130,000 people a day are expected to pass through both terminals during peak times this holiday season. And it has been busy uh, in both terminals today, but it could be even busier tomorrow, traditionally known as Christmas Getaway Day. We'll have to wait and see what happens tomorrow and see what happens with this weather. Reporting live in Pearson, I'm John Musselman. I'll send it back to you. Thank you, John. Okay, that's the task facing travelers hoping to catch a flight. What about those of us staying put? 
Lindsay Morrison is here with what we need to know. Lindsay. Well, Nathan and Michelle, we have been tracking the possibility of this storm's arrival for days now, in fact, almost a week. And Environment Canada issued a special weather statement a couple of days ago. We're now starting to see some watches pop up, including a winter storm watch for areas from Godrich to Owen Sound and over toward Orangeville, and then extending from northern Peterborough County right through to the nation's capital in Ottawa. These are the areas where we could see heavy amounts of snow and some very strong winds. There won't be quite as much of a heavy snow event for those of us in the GTA, but we have plenty of other weather to worry about. We've broken it down by day. Tomorrow, we're just going to see some rain begin, maybe some drizzle. It becomes heavy overnight. Then Friday, we're in for a sharp temperature drop, some snow, a possible flash freeze event, and likely some damaging winds. Then the multi-day lake effect snow event, it kicks into high gear. So lots to talk about in your forecast. We'll get to that coming up. For now, though, Michelle, over to you. Thank you, Lindsay. Next to the other story the city is talking about tonight, the kind of thing you need to hear twice just to make sure you didn't misinterpret. Those teenage girls now facing murder charges. A group of them, some as young as 13 years old, accused of swarming and killing a man over the weekend. CTV's Janice Golding is live downtown with more. Janice. Nathan, police say they're not describing this group as a gang. However, they are characterizing the attack as a swarming. An instant police believe started as an attempted theft, possibly over a bottle of liquor. And then they come on me. They come on me, take my alcohol. And then he saw it. That's when Erica Chin says the trouble started. My friend Kenny, he saw it. Stop them. They fell along, right? And then they all bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. Eight girls, bomb, 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 bomb here. Wow, violent. The pair was near York and University just after midnight Sunday morning. Jesse Guzman and a friend heard the screaming. We got there. There's like a bunch of girls running across from uh, that tunnel over there, across the street. Toronto police say eight teenage girls were arrested nearby. Three 13-year-old girls, three 14-year-old girls, and two 16-year-olds all charged with second-degree murder. These eight individuals, from what we've gathered so far, is that they met each other through social media. They come from varying parts of the city. Does it surprise me that somehow they found each other? Um, no, not in 2022. Children find friendships with others who have may have a tendency to be antisocial. York University psychologist Deborah Pepler, who specializes in childhood bullying and violence, says the dynamics in a peer group can promote bravado, aggression, and turn off logical thinking. Children ramp each other up. The more the more people there are there, the longer it lasts. The, the, the more intense it becomes. Police say this attack lasted approximately three minutes. I was shocked. I was like speechless. I didn't know what to say. Toronto police have not released the name of the victim, but say he had recently moved to the shelter system. Residents of the Strathcona Hotel knew him as Kenny and say he was staying there. Calm, talkative, happy, good, happy camper and stuff like that. He never do no harm. He's gone. I can't believe he's gone. Just like that. Guzman stayed until the paramedics loaded the 59-year-old onto a gurney. He was just saying that he was tired and he didn't feel good and stuff like that. He beating, but I didn't know he would be die. Police say three of the girls had prior contact with police, but five did not. 
At the time of the arrest, a number of weapons were seized, but police didn't provide any details about them. The teens appeared in court on Sunday and were remanded into custody. They'll be next in court on December the 29th. None of the girls can be identified due to the Youth Criminal Justice Act. In the meantime, police say they have not released the name of the victim because they are still trying to reach next of kin. Reporting live from Janice Golding, now back to Nathan. All right, thank you, Janice. Here's some sobering food for thought if you're still shopping for your holiday dinners. The rising cost at the grocery store and how much longer those bills will keep rising. That's straight ahead. The family of the presumed gunman who murdered five people in his Vaughn condo before he was killed by police say he was controlling and abusive. Prone to aggressive behavior and responsible for domestic violence. CTV's John Woodward is live with new details about Francesco Vili's past. John. Yeah, abusive behavior they say goes back decades and may have spilled out into violence at that condominium on Sunday. They're murdering me in my own home. In his online presence, Francesco Villi crusaded against his condominium board. In the condo hallways, documents show the 73-year-old construction contractor hurled insults against his neighbours, including offensive terms directed towards women. We all knew that he was angry at all these people, you know, but... Um, everybody knew about but nobody really did anything. Angry behavior he visited on his estranged family, three of his daughters said in a statement. Words cannot begin to express how deeply heartbroken we are for the families affected by this horrific tragedy. We offer our heartfelt condolences. We are in absolute shock and utter devastation at the events that have transpired. Francesco Villi was a controlling and abusive husband and father. He has a history of domestic abuse with both the mothers of his children and his daughters. He had aggressive behavior and a Jekyll and Hyde type personality. His children tried to have some form of a relationship through the years and many offers of help were continuously denied, leaving them no choice but to cut off ties with him for their own health and well-being. CTV News has learned that violence against women in Villy's life stretched back more than 50 years. Misogyny often a common thread among many mass killing incidents. The hatred of women that can manifest in interpersonal relationships such as men's violence in the home against their children, their wives, their family members, to also to the public sphere. So we saw that from the Toronto van attack, which was fueled by anti-woman and misogynistic beliefs, to what happened in Porto Peak, to the Pulse in the United States. In court filings in the 1970s, Vili was injured at work and in car crashes, complaining of thoughts of suicide. But even in his court filings then, he used insulting language, a judge said, adding, I am unable to find Mr. Vili a credible witness, denying him benefits. They have managed to, 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 to manipulate the judges, the court, the Superior Court of Ontario, and this is no right. A new market court judge had imposed on him a restraining order, fined him $29,500 for breaking it, and he was facing a hearing where he could be forced to sell his home. The night before that hearing, the shooting started. We did learn today that Vili has used guns to hunt, but those are generally not the semi-automatic weapon that the SIU says was used at the condo. One major question is, despite this history of violence, which we are told was reported to the police, how was he able to get a gun? Reporting live, I'm John Woodward. Back to you. All right. Thank you, John. Meanwhile, at the scene of the horror, the sense of shock is turning to grief, remembering the lives taken in an unbelievable act of violence. CTV's Beth McDonnell is live with more. Beth. Nathan, we're learning more tonight about the vibrant people whose lives were cut short in this tragic shooting.
loved and sorely missed. These are the five victims fatally gunned down inside the Vaughn condo tower. A community trying to express its grief. I can't believe that I'm not going to see Rita. I'm not going to see them again. I can't. That's unreal. Board member Tony Catroni is an owner, but it's his 79-year-old mother who lives here. On Sunday, he planned to visit her, but changed his mind. That decision sounds weird, but it probably saved my life. <laughs> he says victim 57-year-old Rita Camilleri was very friendly, a board member who did much of the heavy lifting. The same age, Catroni's mother was friends with Camilleri's partner, 79-year-old Vittorio Panza. She says he had a great singing voice, a tenor, who sang Italian songs to women in the building. The Toronto Bay Police were shocked and saddened to learn of this senseless incident. Our hearts go out to the victims' families. Last night, the team paid tribute to everyone affected by the mass shooting. Panza is the grandfather of defenseman Victor Mete. Catroni says the shooter, 73-year-old Francesco Vili, bothered his mother and was a driving force for him to be on the board. Still in shock, he is left remembering the five people killed. And I said, oh, my God, Russell, I, you know, I, I can't believe what you had to deal with. And I'm so happy you're, he was planning his retirement. He was talking about, about um, his new hobby of stocks and, and playing the market and how he was so happy to travel with his wife. Catroni sat beside victims 75-year-old Russell Manock, a former board member and accountant, and his wife, 71-year-old Lorraine, at the condo's recent Christmas party. A longtime friend tells CTV News the couple were lovebirds. Russell, a sports and music lover, kind and warm. Lorraine, someone who had a gift for making people feel good. York Regional Police say 59-year-old Navid Dada was a son and brother. He spent half his life in Canada. You know, in meetings, Navid was the guy who kept things light in case things got always with a joke. And we're struggling. 66-year-old Doreen Danino survived the terror. She is in stable condition at Sunnybrook but has serious injuries. Her husband, John, is on the condo board. We will never have any sense of normality. Where we go, where we walk, how we live... Our home has been taken from us. A home in mourning, forever changed. Tony Catroni has been a board member since March, so he is relatively new. He says this is a volunteer position, and it's a good board. And like so many here at this condo, he is very sad about the loss of life. Reporting live, I'm Beth McDonnell. All right, thank you, Beth. Meanwhile, a community vigil will be held later this evening to honor the lives lost in the shooting. The event is set to start at 7.30 tonight outside Vaughan City Hall. CTV's Allison Hurst is there, and we'll hear from her later this hour. Next to the cost of living, Canada's inflation rate edging down slightly in November, but at 6.8%, it's still well above the Bank of Canada's target. And the costs of essentials like food and shelter continue to climb. CTV's Sean Lethong reports. Leaving the grocery store, food inflation is becoming cause for post-shopping frustration. The price of groceries these days is ridiculous, man. you got to bring prices down, eh? Statistics Canada announced today that food inflation remains high at 11.4%. Jamie Brock and his partner Isabella have noticed prices going way up since their daughter was born. What used to be a month's supply for around three dollars to $400 is now two weeks. At the end of the day, I don't think... Anybody can really afford even a month's worth of groceries anymore. Over the past year, everyday items like chicken, 
coffee, eggs, cooking oils, and non-alcoholic beverages have all had double-digit price increases. I got a little bit of sticker shock on some items that I was used to paying like $5, and suddenly it was six fifty, and that made a big difference. Natalie Roebuck says the change in prices has led to some changes in her buying habits. While food inflation has climbed to 11.4%, the overall inflation rate is leveling off at 6.8% for November, 0.1% down from the previous two months. So while overall inflation appears to be stabilizing, experts say that food inflation will continue to rise well into 2023. The differential between the two rates uh, is so significant that people are prone to be sticker shocked at the grocery store. Agri-food expert Sylvain Charlebois says that even though things like gas prices are dropping, it takes months to filter into retail food. In order to see wholesale discounts, you really need to see lower prices for an extended period of time. While Jamie Brock has noticed the rise in food prices seemingly everywhere. I mean, the price of a donut at Tim Hortons is almost $2 now. Charlebois says that as supply chains stabilize and with an expected economic downturn, Canadians could see food prices start to drop in the second half of 2023. Sean Lee Thong, CTV News. Crown prosecutors have decided not to pursue a criminal charge against Marineland as the theme park faces allegations of animal cruelty. Late last year, Niagara Regional Police charged Marineland with putting on a whale and dolphin show without authorization. It's been illegal to use mammals for entertainment performances in Ontario since 2019. But today, the Crown stayed that criminal charge, indicating it doesn't feel it would be in the public interest for the case to continue. Marineland had denied wrongdoing and said its mammal shows are of an educational nature. And multi-platform writer Abby O'Brien's been following this story every step of the way. For more details on the dropped criminal charge and how animal activists are reacting, head to our website, ctvnewstoronto.ca. All it takes is a matter of seconds. Within that short span, your vehicle can be gone. Car theft is a growing problem. Perhaps you know someone who's been victimized yourself, but police maintain they are making progress. Here's CTV's Austin Delaney. It takes just 22 seconds for this thief to get a signal and electronically copy the key fob inside the house and start the vehicle in the driveway, stealing it in the dark of night while the owner sleeps. Just one way thieves are getting into vehicles. Take me through a car theft. Sure. Okay, so the thief would take a Slim Jim style uh, vehicle opener. They would manipulate the vehicle to unlock it. Um, sometimes they would use these as wedges to force in between the, uh, the door frame. And they could use these pumps to open it to further allow them to manipulate. Once inside the vehicle, they would use one of these um, reprogramming devices, turn it on, plug it into your onboard diagnostic port, and then reprogram one of these key fobs. Is that okay. quick? How long does it take? Um, two to ten minutes for that style. If it's the relay theft, very, very fast. Could be, you know, 20 seconds to 30 seconds. 51 of these thieves are now under arrest. 215 vehicles recovered worth some $17 million in Project Touchdown that also saw police recover 15 handguns one assault rifle, along with cocaine and other drugs. Very concerned. You asked, are we concerned? Yeah, we're very concerned. We're concerned about the fact that more and more guns are showing up, um, whether it's a carjacking or, as we're talking about here, theft of vehicles. It is organized crime, say investigators. 
The insurance industry says it cost about $700 million last year. It's a burden on not only the industry, but uh, Canadians as a whole. And as you heard during the press conference, what the concerning part is, is it is funding organized crime, it is funding terrorism, and those are the things that are, are very, very alarming uh, with, with this type of a crime. Some of these thieves are targeting luxury cars worth upwards of $150,000, shipping them overseas and charging about the same or even more because there are waiting lists for cars due to a worldwide shortage of computer chips. Austin Delaney, CTV News. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky made his first trip abroad since the start of the Russian invasion, meeting today with U.S. President Joe Biden at the White House. So many challenges in Ukraine, in Europe, in the world, and from energy to the situation on the battlefield, but, but I, first of all, I really... All my appreciations from my heart, from the hearts of Ukrainians, all Ukrainians. Today, Biden announced nearly $2 billion in new security aid for Ukraine. This package includes sending a Patriot air defense system to the country as it faces devastating Russian attacks on its power infrastructure. This year has brought so much needless suffering and loss to the Ukrainian people. But I want you to know, President Zelensky, I want you to know that all the people of Ukraine to know as well, the American people have been with you every step of the way, and we will stay with you. We will stay with you for as long as it takes. What you're doing, what you've achieved, it matters not just to Ukraine, but to the entire world. And together, Biden added he's not concerned about holding the international coalition together in support of Ukraine. Also today, Russian President Vladimir Putin claimed his country is not responsible for the invasion he launched in Ukraine back in February. Putin told military leaders that Western countries are trying to disintegrate what he called the Russian world. He also claimed that NATO is using its full capabilities against Russia in Ukraine. While Russian troops report shortages of key equipment and supplies, Putin said the Kremlin would not put a financial limit on its support, but he said the army has to learn from and fix the problems it has encountered in Ukraine. There were demonstrations today outside universities in Afghanistan after the Taliban barred women from attending. Men and women protested at one of the country's largest universities in Jalalabad, speaking out against the decision by Afghanistan's Islamist rulers. Taliban security forces blocked access to universities today for women, one day after the leadership announced the ban. Today, the Wall Street Journal reported the Taliban also banned girls from attending elementary school. The World Health Organization is calling on China to share more detailed information on its COVID-19 situation as case counts skyrocket. So I wouldn't like to say that, that China are actively not telling us what's going on. I think they're behind the curve in what's actually happening, as everyone is in a situation like this. And we need to get better ways of getting that data quickly so we can monitor together the situation. The WHO also says China's vaccination rates are inadequate for a country of its size. Officials have been working with Beijing to vaccinate people at the highest risk. Infections have soared across the country since restrictions were eased earlier this month. Closer to home, the House of Commons is set to consider the future of its hybrid sitting policy next year. MPs agreed over the summer to continue allowing members to participate virtually through at least 2023. But they also called for a study on how the practice is working out 
and whether it needs to be changed or scrapped altogether. The report's expected to be presented to the House of Commons when Parliament resumes sitting in late January. After reporting success in the Montreal area, Quebec is rolling out a pediatric health hotline to reduce pressure on hospitals across the province. Seven out of ten calls that are being made to the 811 in general are not going to the emergency. That's, that's very good news. Health Minister Christian Dubé said the program will also expand to offer health advice via video chat. This comes as 62 hospitals in Quebec are operating at or above 100% capacity. Alberta, meantime, is outlining a plan for its EMS system as it gets stretched thin. Program diverts 15% of ambulance transports, which will allow for an additional 70 responses a day province-wide. Premier Danielle Smith says those non-medical patient transports will be carried out by other vehicles or even with rides from family members. She said the goal was to make sure paramedic skills are being used in the best way possible while ensuring cutting down on waits after calling 911. As the holidays get underway, the defense minister is giving a shout-out to our soldiers overseas who are working through the festive season. Anita Anand recently toured Canadian military bases in Scotland, Kuwait and Jordan. Their missions include transporting aid to Ukraine and training members of the armed forces. Anand says despite being so far from home, the soldiers are in a positive mood. There is a very upbeat spirit on the basis. Uh, and in particular, I saw our troops collecting various uh, pieces of uh, cardboard and other items to uh, design and make their own Christmas decorations. That was pretty inspiring. And then I heard about the stories of people who came and want to serve, even though they're leaving their families at home because they believe in the importance of the mission. And Anne says she was inspired by the trip and she's encouraging Canadians to send holiday greetings to the troops. Full details on how to do that are on the Canadian Forces website. Later tonight, a holiday mystery at a junior public school. Handmade cards mailed to every single student, but no idea who sent them. Uncovering who's behind the festive gesture that has a whole school talking. And I'm Pat Foran. Coming up on Consumer Alert, a Scarborough woman was cleaning her home and found a $25,000 investment certificate. She has no memory of cashing it in, but because almost 30 years have passed, the bank has no record of the investment on file. We check it out. That story is just ahead. Minus three degrees this hour, and that's about where we will hold through the overnight hours. It's calm tonight and for part of the day tomorrow. Then the messy weather starts to move in, first in the form of rain or drizzle, the snow, gusty winds, and possible flash freeze. That doesn't happen until Friday. We'll talk about everything you need to know timing-wise, give you an idea of how much snow is in the forecast. That's after this break. You're watching CTV News. It's important since you sometimes have some people don't have family time in the winter, so it's, at the holidays, it's, it's, a, it's a really good time to celebrate with them. Hanukkah A GIC, or Guaranteed Investment Certificate, is considered one of the safest investments. It's like a savings account that allows you to earn interest. But if you took out a GIC decades ago, the bank may have no record of it, which could cause problems if you're trying to cash it in. Pat Foreign has her story on Consumer Alert. Pat. 
Thanks, Nathan. And Michelle, a Scarborough woman, was cleaning her home and found a GIC for $25,000, the investment from almost 30 years ago. She admits she's not sure if it was cashed in or not, but she's concerned the bank can't tell her either. I'm sure they would have put cashed or redeemed on it or something like that. Mary Dory of Scarborough was cleaning a home office when she discovered a guaranteed investment certificate she purchased in 1993 from Scotiabank. The GIC is for $25,000 with an annual interest rate of 5.5%. I thought, well, this is amazing. <laughs> if I could, if this money was truly there, then that'd be great. Doria says she forgot about the investment because she lives with her parents and never needed the money. Uh, usually back then, these certificates would be redeemed and brought back to the the branch. So because I still have it, it's a question of whether the money is still outstanding or not. It states on the GIC if it's not cashed in, the principal and interest should be reinvested. Doria says while there is a possibility the GIC was paid out, she says Scotiabank can't give her a definitive answer or documents to show what happened to the money. They're saying that the, the microfiche, all the records that they have from back then in 93 are all gone now. Four years ago, CTV News did a story with Kim Pang Che, who found a 20-year-old GIC from Scotiabank for more than $12,000 U.S. She also felt she never cashed it in. They had no evidence that I had redeemed it. Where have the money gone? So it's really a simple question. Is this guaranteed investment certificate still worth $25,000 plus interest, or has it already been cashed and it's worth nothing? A spokesperson said Scotiabank cannot comment on any individual customer matters for privacy reasons, but we can confirm that non-negotiable term GICs, such as the one in question, are paid directly to the customer at the time of maturity. If a bank has money from an unclaimed account after 10 years, it's supposed to be sent to the Bank of Canada's unclaimed balances section. Doria's funds were not there. She still feels the bank should have to prove she was paid her money. I just want some answers from the bank. What happened to it? Where is it right now? And it's important to stay on top of your finances because banks in Canada only have to keep financial records for seven years. If you did invest $25,000 at 5.5% annually over 29 years, it would be worth almost $120,000. On your side, I'm Pat Foran. If you have a consumer story idea, email us at alert at ctv.ca. Well, we are a couple of hours into winter now. This is the shortest day of the year in terms of daylight. Mm -hmm. It's finally arrived. And, of course, we're talking about some ugly winter weather on the way. Yes, like winter is just starting with a, a bang. A bang. And, you know, the winter solstice is filled with hope. It's a celebration of light returning in the darkness. But, oh, boy, I don't think uh, there's too much in the way of celebration happening when it comes to the weather that's in store. I know many people want to be celebrating. They have holiday plans. They have travel plans. But we have lots to tell you when it comes to this incoming system. It has the potential to make a real mess of things over the busiest travel days of the year. Let's get right to everything you need to know. Weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. We were talking about how cold it is in Western Canada. Here's a look at the current temperatures and current wind chills. It feels like minus 52 this hour in Baker Lake, feeling into the minus 40s in parts of the prairies. For us, we're not going to get that cold, but as we make our way into Friday night, we could be in for some of our coldest air of the season so far here in the GTA. Tomorrow during the daytime hours though, a bit of a different 
story. We're going to be warmer than normal. Forecast daytime high 4 degrees. It'll be a similar temperature as we make our way through the overnight hours. And that's why, for many of us, this system is going to begin as a rain event. Maybe a little bit of drizzle to start things off. And then the rain changes over to snow. Here's a look at the watches, warnings, and special weather statements that are in place. Winter storm watch just added now for the Niagara region as well. But for areas like Godrich, over toward uh, Orangeville, north toward Owen Sound, heavy amounts of snow through the weekend. Similar situation from northern Peterborough County right through to the nation's capital. Not only are we looking at the most snow in these areas, but the winds are going to be very powerful. And as a result, we are in for uh, a mess, especially on the roads if you do have some traveling to do. Let's pause our forecast radar here. This is about 6 o'clock tomorrow, so 24 hours from now, we're into some rain or some drizzle. Might be a little bit of snow mixing in for some areas. Then overnight, the rain becomes heavy at times. Into Friday morning, perhaps late morning, we suddenly see a change over to some snow. There's going to be a dramatic drop in temperature. A flash freeze will be possible through the afternoon and the snow it really gets going into Friday evening and overnight. We are talking blowing snow, blizzard-like conditions for many and very strong winds, uh, maybe exceeding 80 kilometers per hour, maybe, maybe exceeding 100 kilometers per hour in some cases. In Toronto, we're expecting anywhere from about 5 to 15 centimeters of snow. It's not the snowfall amounts that we're concerned about. It's the winds, especially in the GTA and you can see the timing there about 6 a.m. on Friday the winds really get going I think the most dangerous time to be out on the roads is going to be Friday night and into the day on Saturday and again communities within that winter storm watch could pick up maybe 25 centimeters of snow there will be a lake effect snow event that kicks into high gear as soon as that system departs so that's more of a Saturday Sunday story for us here in the GTA less impactful but still plan on a few flurries here and there calmer weather beginning Christmas Day and finally, some sun and overall calmer conditions by the early part of next week as we welcome Boxing Day. That's your look at the weather for now. And one last time, we want to thank you for helping us build a mountain of toys here at CTV in support of the Salvation Army. It's been so heartwarming to see all of your photos this week as you continue to make donations and tag us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for helping us build a mountain of toys. Today is the last day. If you have an opportunity to head on out to the mall and maybe drop off a new unwrapped toy in one of the local donation bins, we encourage you to do so. Thanks to all of you, we are helping tens of thousands of families right here in the GTA have a brighter Christmas. And one last time, we say thank you for helping us build a toy mountain. That's all for now. Nathan and Michelle, over to you. All right, thank you, Lindsay. Also tonight, the latest chapter in the Twitter saga. Elon Musk now on the hunt for someone to replace him as CEO. What the billionaire is looking for in a new boss. My name is Neridi, and I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and Peaceful New Year in Tagalog. Maligayang Pasko at isang mapayapang bagong taon. Uh, hello, my name is Sara, and I will be wishing everyone a Merry Christmas in Bengali. Shubha Borodin. Hi, my name is Celine, and I'll be wishing you a Merry Christmas in Turkish. Matlu Nuella. Reports this evening suggest Justin Bieber could be nearing a major deal to sell the rights to his music. You know you could call me if you need 
People familiar with the matter spoke with the Wall Street Journal. They say Bieber could be selling his publishing rights and catalog for around $200 million U.S. or $272 million Canadian. The reported transaction is with investment company Hypnosis. Universal Music Group still holds Bieber's master recordings and administers his songwriting catalog. Netflix's series Wednesdays hit a significant streaming milestone south of the border. I think I'm going to love it here. Deadline reports the show was viewed for 5.9 billion minutes in the U.S. on the week it was released in November. That means the Tim Burton series is now the second most streamed title in Nielsen Charts history. It's just behind another Netflix release, Stranger Things Season 4 which generated 7 billion minutes of view time in its first week. Plans for a second Black Adam film have been put on hold at Warner Brothers. You can be the destroyer of this world. Or you can be its savior. Dwayne Johnson posted on social media saying a sequel to the superhero film won't be part of the next phase of films released by the studio after a major leadership change at D.C. But he said the character could make a return someday in future multiverse chapters. With the Avatar sequel aiming high at the box office, director James Cameron is sharing a new detail about his filming method. We cannot let you bring your war here. The team behind Avatar The Way of Water also filmed the third and fourth Avatar movies at the same time. Cameron tells Entertainment Weekly that was done to prevent young actors from looking significantly different from movie to movie if they have a growth spurt. The third Avatar movie hits theaters next December. Stars Tonight is brought to you by Lastman's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody. For our Christmas holiday this year, we decided to go to a friend's house who also lives in the same building as us. And some of our other friends are also going to be coming and we're going to just have a celebration and yeah, we're going to have some fun time. I think it's important. Yeah, of course. Because on the holidays you get to celebrate some time with your family and I think it's like really fun. The flight just got cancelled yesterday and uh, we were supposed to take off at 3 a.m. And uh, around 10, they just said, no, it's cancelled. Updating our top stories, travelers are dealing with delays as a major winter storm is said to hit much of Ontario and Quebec tomorrow and last through the Christmas weekend. Winter weather in Western Canada has already impacted plans for some travelers. Some of the girls will have had a history of antisocial behavior. Apparently three of the girls have had police contact already. And that means that they've been experiencing these problems, these antisocial behavior problems for an extended period of time. Investigators are still looking for answers as to why eight teenage girls fatally stabbed a man in a swarming attack over the weekend. The girls who range in age from 13 to 16 years old have all been charged with second degree murder. We're dealing with the what-ifs, you know, what if I had come, what if she had gone down to the lobby to see her friends. A vigil will be held in Vaughan this evening to honor the five people killed in a mass shooting in a Vaughan condo over the weekend. Meanwhile, the estranged daughters of the gunmen released a statement saying they are deeply heartbroken for the victims' families. And for more on tonight's vigil, let's go to CTV's Allison Hurst, live outside Vaughan City Hall this hour. Allison.
Michelle, we're still waiting for things to get underway, but we've been watching city staff setting up this stage, the podium, as well as all of those chairs you can see here behind me. Now, those chairs will soon be filled by members of the community. They will be filled by perhaps some family members, as well as eight speakers scheduled to speak. That includes some politicians. It includes some religious leaders, as well as York Region's police chief. Now, we heard from Chief McSween yesterday he was when he when they released the victims names saying that uh, they weren't just numbers that these were family members these were friends and these are also neighbors and so certainly tonight at this vigil they'll also be thinking about the people who are still living in the condo who not only lost perhaps some friends people they saw on a regular basis but also their homes was turned into a uh, a crime scene there so certainly all of them are on our minds this gets underway at 7:30 tonight we will be here we will have all the details at 11:30. Reporting live, I'm Allison Hurst. Back to you. Thank you, Allison. And remember to follow us on social media. Keep up to date day and night through our website, ctvnewstoronto.ca. And if you have a news tip, photos, or video of breaking news, let us know. On the mark is the Canadian dollar gained six basis points to 73.51 U.S. American benchmark oil rose two dollars and six cents a barrel to 78.29. And the TSX Composite Index climbed 264 points to close at 19,571. The federal government has shared new targets for electric vehicle sales in this country. Under proposed new regulations, Ottawa would expect 20% of all vehicles sold in Canada to be electric by 2026. That number climbs to at least 60% by 2030 and 100% by 2035. The numbers aren't final, and Canadians are invited to respond to the proposals. Advocates for electric vehicle use say availability is still a major hurdle. Others say more infrastructure is needed to make EV ownership convenient. Elon Musk says he will step down as the CEO of Twitter, but it's not exactly clear when he plans to do so. A few days ago, Musk polled Twitter users on if he should quit, promising to accept the results. 57% of respondents answered in the affirmative. Musk tweeted last night, I will resign as CEO as soon as I find someone foolish enough to take the job. After that, I will just run the software and servers teams. A mysterious act of holiday kindness. Handmade cards addressed to an entire school, but no clue who sent them. Our Scott Lightfoot uncovers the answer just ahead. My favorite Christmas memory is drinking eggnog with my brother and opening presents for the first time. My favorite Christmas memory is when me and my mom would bake the night before Christmas. And my favorite Christmas memory is when I bake cookies with my sister. My favorite Christmas memory is uh, eating Vietnamese food with my family. And my favorite Christmas memory is building gingerbread houses with my family. My favorite Christmas memory is me and my brother would sleep on the couch to find out who Santa was. Holiday cards are a tradition this time of year, but at one Midtown Elementary School, they're also a bit of a mystery. Every student and staff member found an unsigned card in their home mailbox. And as CTV Scott Lightfoot reports, those cards have delivered more than just holiday cheer. For the kids at Oriole Park Junior Public School, it was a holiday mystery in the mail. Usually my parents get all the mail, so I've never got a mail addressed to me. Every student found an envelope sent to their home containing a handmade holiday card. When I opened it, I felt like, wow, this is amazing. Like, people put, like, time and hard work into this. They'd clearly come from the school, but no one knew who'd made 
and sent them. When I opened it, it just didn't say any name, so I was a bit confused. A purposely unsigned surprise. Whoever sent this is like either they're probably shy or like they just forgot. It's had the kids talking ever since. They were like, oh my God, I got a card. Did you get one too? People have been like asking us, who did this? Who did this? Do you know? Do you know? She does, because she's one of five grade three students behind this act of holiday kindness. The kids were so motivated, dedicated. They, they were so happy during this process. This group of girls came up with the idea, took it to two teachers, and worked on it during recesses and lunch breaks. We used an assembly line. Like with this card, we would, somebody would do the pink, somebody would do the blue. In the end, they made more than 300 cards. Canada Post donated the postage, and the kids made sure that every single student got a card sent to them. We want to make it for everyone, so everyone can be special. They also made sure their teachers were included too. Staff got these as well. So staff were uh, also excited when they got mail that wasn't a bill. The card makers say they kept their names off the cards on purpose. Because this is like something that it's not about like us, it's about others. They didn't make it about themselves. They, they bought into the selfless act of this holiday moment. And the kids who got the cards say to them there was more to the card than just a piece of paper. Whoever made this worked really hard on it. And now they have a new friend that they don't even know. I felt really supported that people cared about me. I just felt like so very happy that the pe that the students here care about everybody in the school and they showed that everyone belongs. What started as a card has turned into a gift for students that will last through the holidays and beyond. Scott Lightfoot, CTV News. What a beautiful story. Articulate, wonderful children. Well done. The power of a single card in the mail. Okay, that's warmed us up. I'm hoping this weather forecast doesn't drag us down too much. Yeah, hopefully not. Uh, overnight tonight, we're not going to be too cold. Uh, we'll take a look at what you can expect overnight tonight because this is uh, the calm before the storm. We'll go ahead and call it that. Minus three, wind chill, minus nine. Tomorrow, for spending some time around home, which many of us are going to start to do, we might get some sun in the morning very briefly. Then the cloud cover takes over. Rain is expected late in the day, maybe some drizzle. Then we get into the real messy stuff for Friday. Just want to mention that the winds in Niagara with that newly issued winter storm watch could exceed 100 or 120 kilometers per hour Friday. Very messy right through the weekend as well. Nathan and Michelle. Thank you, Lindsay. That's it for us, but be sure to join Morella Fernandez tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by Pauline Chan with our next local newscast at 1130. In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. For Lindsay Morrison and all of us here at CTV News, thank you for watching and have a great night.